Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you chose to join us this afternoon. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. That's where Grace FM originates, where Calvary Live originates. And if you're listening on the Grace FM radio network and the Radio by Grace, much larger Radio by Grace network, uh, welcome. You're listening live. If you're listening on the larger radio network of Hope FM, and what I mean by that is Hope FM covers a lot of people, multi-millions. I think I think we, if I remember correctly, we cover potentially... 4 million, maybe 80% of the population of Colorado. Um, but Hope FM covers multi-millions. Radio by Grace, many, many millions. Uh, and of course, our friends at Truth FM, another um, hundreds of thousands of people. And Higher Rock Radio, the whole Boise area. Boise is going to be millions by uh, by the end of the year. So many people are moving to Boise. Uh, and I want to say a shout out to our friends there. Uh, of all that God is doing. Uh, Of course, everybody listening online around the country, around the world, maybe listening on our free app. Uh, That is Grace. uh, If you go to our app store, um, if you go to uh, to your app store and put in my name, Ed Taylor, our church app should pop up. Download that church app. You can listen to Grace FM right there. Uh, Or you can get the Grace FM independent app, however you want to do it, Um, gracefm.com. Uh, and of course, wherever you're listening to this station, download the app of that station, uh, and I know you'll be blessed. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. I just want to give a shout out today. He may or may not be listening, but I want to give a great big thank you on behalf of me and my daughter, Caitlin, uh, to Pastor Jeff Kramer, who brought me back not one bag not two bags, and not even three bags that I thought, but he brought back four bags of Aroma Coffee espresso beans from Israel. Uh, we had pr- we bought one bag while we were there, and I mean, the bag was gone within two weeks. Uh, and, and it's such a caramelly flavored espresso bean. So I asked Pastor Jeff, he was going on his trip, if he'd bring me a bag back and I'd give him some shekels, and he said, no, 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 I'll bring it back. And he brought it back with a note that said, happy birthday. So I receive it as a birthday gift, and I'm going to share it as well. Um, And we're also planning, as I know Jeff is as well, a a tour to Israel. Uh, We're in the final stages of making a decision. Actually, I need to make a decision on what company we're going to use. So I'm praying through that for a piece just to make the decision, but I can't wait to take anyone that wants to go to Israel in 2023. Uh, we're excited to get back there, uh, and it's a phenomenal trip. Skip Heitzig is there right now with 200 people. Uh, we won't have 200 people, but we'll take as many as want that want to fill up a bus 
Uh, and when we get more information, we'll definitely make that available to you. So give me a call. The phone lines are filling up, and so is the text line. The text line is separate. Uh, it's 720-336-0897. Uh, there is a prayer request for some strange medical issues. There's uh, anxiety, and, and this actually came in yesterday. So I just want to pray for this person, Kelly, after the fact, and hopefully we'll get a, a f- testimony of how it went. But Father, I do pray for Kelly as they faced, uh, they faced the situation head on, even with all the anxiety and all the challenges. I pray, God, that the test results and the anxiety and all this stuff would just be dissipated uh, as you show yourself strong and show yourself faithful on their behalf. In Jesus' name, Amen. 303-690-3000. I don't have my call screen up. Let me pull that up real quick here. We're going to go right here in Aurora, Colorado. Aiden, welcome to the program. Aiden, are you with me? Let's see. Let's see if we just got all the buttons right. Aiden, are you still with us? Call us back. Not a problem. 303-690-3000. One of the questions was, uh, what is the Sabbath? It is Saturday, sundown Friday, to sundown Saturday. And uh, you had a prayer request for America. And the world's getting darker. And I was reading just this morning. I got a new phrase to to consider. Uh, And Frank, in a second, I'll pull another call and we'll see how it goes. Um, but I, I read a phrase this morning I want to adopt and start using it, and that's, the world is not falling apart. The world is coming together, like God's plan is coming together. And as dark as things get, the Lord is faithful. So let me go, and we're going to test line two. I don't see, I don't have anyone on line two on my call screen. Um, there we go. So it we're going to go to line two. Judah, welcome to the program. Uh, hey, Ed. Um, good talking to you again. We've yeah. spoken a few times. What's going on? I was calling today for um, prayer. If you if you would pray over my wife and I, sure. Um, we are just struggling with. We're just so. It feels like sometimes we're just so worn out, mm. and we just, you know, I mean, given COVID, given everything else, inflation, all this stuff that I don't need to go into too much, but I just. I feel really beat up. I wanted to call for prayer for myself, and then God put it on my heart, like, how about your wife, too? She's yeah. feeling it, too. You bet. And I just, I really wanted, I was hoping that you and the listeners would pray for us, just just for rest, just rest and peace. Yeah, let's do that. Father, I pray uh, for Judah and his family, uh, exactly what he's asking, rest and peace. It's been a very challenging season very difficult season, and God, we, we're asking for you to be merciful. Um, even as people have been calling about the Sabbath and what day it is and, and all of the things surrounding the spiritual side of it, the positive, the practical side is that you have designed us to rest, and we find our full rest, not only physically but spiritually, in you. You are our rest, 
and that you would give us rest. You said if anyone is weary and heavy laden, that we could come to you and you'd give us rest, rest for our souls. And so we just pray that, Lord. We pray for the rest that seems to be so elusive. Um, and not only do I pray for Judah and his family, but also this text that came in, um, just the, a person that their tech job just taking away their mental health and just really wrestling with the reality of how now because of rest, he needs a job. And so I pray, God, that you'd open the door for a job that pays the bills and that, God, you would honor your word, that through the rest there is even something greater along the way. And so I pray, I know it's not just Judah and it's not just this person. I know this is common right now. It's very challenging, and we just pray, God, for your peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor. Uh, yeah, it's getting hard out there for a lot of people, and like you, you mentioned, I've listened over the past few days a lot of questions about the Sabbath, and I think that this struggle is something that a lot of people are feeling right now. So I agree. Thank you for that prayer. You're welcome, and Judah. I'll talk to you another time. Okay, thanks, man. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. At just this moment, you know, even Judah affirming that, like just thinking about these questions about the Sabbath, that the underlying part of the Sabbath is God's intention of rest. And it's been super hard to rest because, you know, the, the uh, really perhaps starting with COVID, even though we were all at home, we weren't resting much. We were very concerned and stressed out and anxious, not everybody, but, and then all the restrictions and all the uh, unfairness and all the injustice, and then there were racial tensions, and then there was real fear of death, you know, from a virus we didn't understand, then the lockdowns, and and then um, uh, the racial racial tensions and all the riots, and, and then, then you stir into that politics and how some churches became more political than, than they were with the gospel, and they started fighting the wrong battle, and then that stirred up people, and now believers are fighting the wrong battle. Uh, and then there's this itching ear when the, when the Bible teaches that in the last days, some will have itching ears and they'll raise up. So now people follow uh, men and women on YouTube more than they are committed to a local fellowship. I mean, on and on, besides inflation, besides the challenges with global, um, uh, you know, geopolitical uh, wars, rumors of wars, uh, just right, re- just thinking of it is exhausting. Besides issues at home, family tensions, uh, work issues, mental health issues, which are real. Oh Lord, give us rest. All right, let's go out to Florida, Lewis. Welcome to hey, the how are you? Good, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, yeah, my question was basically um, a question and a concern as well. Okay. Uh, I'm a Calvary Chapel attendant. Okay, great. Uh, and uh, I've seen, the, uh, you know, I know uh, Chuck Smith. Okay. Um, I love Chuck Smith, how actually God used him to uh, start Calvary Chapel. And uh, interesting is uh, some Calvary chapels are moving away from how everything started, uh, getting um, used to what you were actually stating, uh, the, you know, uh, accomplishing, you know, 
comforting um, uh, the ears yeah. of some individuals sure. to to listen to what they need instead of to what they want instead of what they need. Yes. Um, so uh, my question is this: your perspective. I want to listen to you and 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 maybe will help. Uh, will be a good input. Okay. To my faith. Uh-huh. And it's um, is this a reason nowadays that we see the acts of the Holy Spirit as just a fantasy or a book instead of the real life that actually can happen in a believer's walk with the Lord Jesus Christ? I do think that that's recent, but not only recent. I think that there is... You remember in the first century, you remember when uh, Paul was writing to the Galatians? Mm-hmm. And he tells them something, something I think you're feeling right now uh, to some degree, where he starts, um, he says, are you going to start uh, in the Spirit and try to perfect yourselves in the flesh? Remember what he says in Galatians 3.3, mm-hmm. 3, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? And so I do think what you're describing is current, and we're seeing it especially uh, in our own you know, circles of ministry, our own church family in some degrees. But it was also a problem in the first century because it's a human problem where we do start out in the Spirit. God does bring about salvation. He does a miraculous work. He does give us new life. He does give us eyes for blindness. He does replace light for darkness. And then all of a sudden we get Bible smart or we get off track, whatever. For the Galatians, you know, they were being tempted away by false teachers um, and so in the first century and in the 21st century, the Bible says the same thing. Why are you beginning in the Spirit? You're so, are you so foolish? Why are you, did you start in the Spirit and you're trying to be made perfect by the flesh? Yeah. And yeah. I was just talking about this recently with a friend of mine yesterday, especially Calvary Chapel, right? That's, um, that's our church, man. That's, um, mm-hmm. that, that's where I was saved. That's how I was discipled. And now that's what I get to pastor here in Colorado. And, you know, I was just considering in our own website, you know, so I went to our website and I just wanted to see what, I wanted to verify what our statement of faith says. Um, mm. I think I remember what it says, but I just wanted to make sure what are they, you know, I don't do the website anymore, right? So if somebody posts it, uh, they put it up there. And I just wanted to re- be reminded because I know we've added things over the years um, and we have, you know, defined how God wants to use us in Colorado. But let me read to you what the top line is in our statement of faith. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. Calvary Chapel churches have been formed as a fellowship of believers under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And our mm-hmm. supreme desire is to know Christ and be conformed to his image by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not a denominational church nor are we opposed to denominations as such, only to their overemphasis of the doctrinal differences that have led to the division of the body of Christ. And we believe the only true basis of Christian fellowship is Christ's agape love, which is greater than the differences we possess, and without which we have no right to claim ourselves Christian. End quote. That's how I started. That's how I'm continuing. And I really, truly pray that that's how I finish. Amen. Awesome. <laughs> Incredible. And I, I, I do know um, that, um, you know, God gets glorified on that, knowing that um, other Christians will grow 
for the work of the ministry. Yep. And um, they will do the Lord's will. Yes. Not just staying on salvation only, but understanding that growing in the faith requires that we're not living for ourselves anymore. Yes. Since we were dead. And now that we're living because he gave us life, now we can serve him mm. and do his will. So good. So, well, thanks for Amen. calling. Thank I'm you. so can glad that we get to connect out there. You bet I can pray. So, Father, I pray for my brother as uh, just what he's observing and what he's seeing, God, what I've seen similar, where it's not just Calvary Chapel. It's us. It's people. It's first century Galatians. It's us here in Colorado and Florida. And wherever we are, Lord, there's always a temptation to leave the simplicity of the gospel. And so we're asking, God, that you would help us remain simple steadfast, that like Paul, we could say at the end of our life, I have finished the race. I have fought the good fight, and I'm coming in through the finish line into the very presence of you, Jesus. And that's our desire. Keep us strong and faithful, Lord, that your name might be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your time. Okay, really brother. Bye-bye. It. God bless. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. You can also text me at 720-336-0897. Uh, it looks like we're headed... This is an interesting one. It says Denver, Pennsylvania. Is this Denver? Ah, yes. Are you in Denver, Pennsylvania? Yes, I am. I didn't know there was a Denver in Pennsylvania. Uh, yes, there is. Huh. Yes. <laughs> I learned something today. That's fantastic. Yes. Hey, I'm calling for prayer for my daughter. Okay. My daughter is Elisha, and okay. she's about 39, and she is digging her heels in mm. and will not give up lesbianism. Okay. okay. Her girlfriend just broke up with her. Okay. She found Christ. She's growing in the Lord, okay? Yes. My daughter really just, she she's very stiff-necked. Yeah. She's brought up in a Pentecostal church. She knows the way. She expects everyone to, to live at a certain standard but can't do it herself. Be um, soft. I want the blinders to be removed. Okay. And... And if God has to make himself known to her, but please, that God would protect her. Be gracious. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't want anything bad to happen to my daughter. No. Um, I've had that happen to my other daughter, mm. and we're still paying for that. But um, uh, I prayed before whatever it takes to my youngest one, and boy, was that something. Oh. Wow. But anyway, I don't want that to happen to my daughter. I want the Lord to speak to her, um, and it's 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 the lesbian. She doesn't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, I tell I you want, what, let's I go ahead. I, I have enough info. Let's pray. I have a, I have okay. enough info. Let's just pray. Father, you hear the desperation of a mom that interceding for her daughter, and I agree with her. I come alongside in agreement for Debbie or with Debbie for her daughter that she would come to the end of herself that she would come yes. to an understanding of just the behavior and things she's caught up with that, that, that have hardened her heart, that have made her stubborn in many ways against and resisting the truth of the gospel, resisting a life of surrender to you, Lord. 
and we do pray, God, uh, I, I can pray that you would do whatever it takes in Debbie's daughter's life, but I also agree with Debbie, Lord, that you would be merciful. We ask for your mercy to be upon her, um, and we trust her to you. That's our end, our end prayer, God, is trusting her. And I know many, many, many are experimenting in this area, thinking about it, confused, adopting new identities. And I just pray, God, in these last days, not only are you, but you prayed. You, um, uh, you not, not, only, not only on the day of Pentecost was the Holy Spirit poured out in the last days then, but also in the last days now. And so I pray that there would be a fresh new work of your spirit in in Elisa, or uh, what was her name? Elisa, like Elisa, Elisa the prophet. Okay. Elisa, Elisa's life, and I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you. All right. Keep us up and to date. I will, I will definitely. Hey, thank I, you. before you hang up. Have and, a great night. Hey, before you hang up. Oh. Um, yes. Because this is live. I mean, you you won't hear this on the radio till next week. So you and I are still talking live. I compiled, okay. I compiled some resources that would be okay. very helpful on this topic. If you want to email me, I can send you a list of links uh, that will help okay. you with information that will be very, very, um, just so life into your heart as you love your daughter. Okay. All right. Okay. Yes. And what is your email address? You can send it to ed at edtaylor, E-D-T-A-Y-L-O-R dot org. It has to be dot O-R-G um, because okay. dot, dot com is owned by Santa Claus. Literally. Okay. Santa okay. Claus name, Ed Taylor. It's not me. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. I'll Thank make you. sure I get it to the right place. All Thank righty. you very much. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. 303-690-3000. I think I told you guys a story. You know, I, we tried to buy that domain. We reached out to Santa himself. We found out a way to reach out to him, and we started offering. I, we actually hired a broker, started offering. But, you know, COVID made the Santa Claus business go through the roof. Literally, I'm no joke. I'm not joking with you. The guy wanted more than six figures for his domain. And we're like, nah, no, we're, we're more like... We're, we're, we're willing to give you $6. No, we, we know we had a reasonable offer of what it was worth, but he, um, he is so successful. You know how the new Santa Claus industry, um, started making, I don't know how it'll be after COVID, but you know how they started making money? Zoom visits. So Zoom visits, um, with Santa, where you can go, Santa comes right into your, and again, you know, it's just a guy named Ed Taylor, but he also has a Santa Claus network. He's also done um, TV work. So he's just not willing to give up his domain. True, simple as that. So .org it is, but at least I was able to get that one because I'd never, somebody had owned that one too and I uh, was able to get it uh, from them uh, after, they, after it expired. So that was cool. Anyway, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. We have one open line. We're going to head back to Amarillo, Texas. William. Welcome to the program. Hey, William, are you with us? Okay, so William, you're talking, you want to pray for the men's conference this weekend. Uh, I think that's the conference my friend Brennan Beeler is going to be teaching at, um, at my friend's uh, fellowship that he pastors, uh, Pastor Bill Gim. Uh, And so you bet. I, I taught that many years ago, or a few years ago, I don't remember what year it was, but just such a great gathering 
of men and ministry, uh, and we definitely want to be praying for it. So, Father, we pray for the men's conference this weekend, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit and use Pastor Brennan, Pastor Bill, um, the whole crew there, uh, Pastor Doug, Pastor Doug Jr., um, just all that you're doing in Amarillo, Texas. We thank God for Grace, Ch- Grace Church in Amarillo. Uh, we thank God that Grace Church, uh, it, that where Radio by Grace originates for the ministry of Pastor Bill and all that you're doing uh, there at the church. And for the men in particular, you have an appointment with them. And I pray that it would be fruitful. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, We are going to head over to Baltimore, Maryland. Sonia, listening on Hope FM, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hi, Sonia. Uh, You made a statement a couple of weeks ago, possibly two weeks, that God does not heal our last illness, heal us in our last illness. Sure. And I wasn't, I've never heard that before. Wanted to know, is that difficult? And how does that then affect how you pray for someone? Yes. How do you know that's your last illness? Well, I would say, I would say that the, everybody dies, right? That's where I would start. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So all of us die. And all of us die because our bodies are no longer capable of keeping us alive, which you could term sickness or even of, uh, you know, organ failure, which is a sickness or disease. Uh, and so the statement that I made was that all of us are going to die of our last illness. Nobody oh is God. going to escape death. And death is related to illness. And the greatest illness, I, I guess you could say, is sin. That's a universal illness. We all die of our, of, of our connection to sin, but we also all die of the last thing that caused our body to stop working. Does that clarify oh, for you? It somewhat clarifies, but then it raises another question for Okay, me. what is that? And when you're praying for someone, you know, you're praying for someone and you're expecting God or praying that God will heal them of that illness or of, that disease. Of course. And and it doesn't happen. So I don't know, it sort of confuses me as to how then do we pray for someone if they're in their last illness, but we don't know that. Oh, and so I think that we don't we none of us know what that last illness is, right? So right. I'm not even going to go into that realm. I'm not gonna personally I'm not gonna delve into the realm of God. Only God knows those things. So the statement I'm making is a biblical observational statement. It isn't. It isn't. It's kind of like salvation. Uh, so let me let me let me relate that to salvation. I don't know who's saved and who isn't saved, and I don't know who's elect and who isn't elect. So I'm going to pray as if everyone can be saved, because Jesus said He came to save the world. That He's not willing that any should perish. And then some people would say, "Well, why should I pray for Him? What if they're not the elect?" Well, I can pray for them because I don't know. Um, and I have no idea. So because I have no idea, because that's in the realm of God, I can call upon the God who has every idea and who knows all things, and my prayer is by faith, trusting in God for his answer. 
And so I just don't, to the best of my ability, delve into things I know nothing about. Does that help? It does, because I don't want my prayer to change. Because what threw me off is when you say, in our last illness, and it's just sort of like, I don't want to not pray for anyone because they may be in their last illness. So it was affecting me as that. I get it. yeah, like, I'm so glad you called. I've never, I've never looked at it the way you just shared. So you gave me a great yeah. perspective to consider. Thank you so much for sharing that, and I hope I helped you. All right, you hear the music. We're coming up on the uh, end of the first half today. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. We're going to be right back. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Stick around. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary in Aurora, Colorado, a suburb of Denver. Of You guys up and down the front range, hello, hello. We have Bible study tonight. Wednesday night Bible study. We're studying through the book of Genesis. Start at 7 o'clock. We're on Hampton and Tower. <clears throat> uh, and, <clears throat> excuse me, we are grateful uh, to be a part of what God is doing up and down the front range, uh, taking your calls and your questions today on the program. Uh, if you want information on where we are at the ch- as the church, calvaryco.church is our website. Uh, you can download our free apps, turn on notifications, just put my name in the app store, Ed Taylor, and our app will pop up. Download it, turn on notifications. Uh, you can go into the settings and you can um, set up whatever you want to be notified on, uh, and we would love to have you be a part of it. Uh, 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. A quick question. I mean, it's, it says being in the book of Genesis on Wednesdays brought up a question that I now that have, um, how did the earth get populated with minorities? You know, the big scattering that happened in Genesis, we'll get there soon enough on a Wednesday, happened at the Tower of Babel where languages uh, were changed and people were dispersed. Uh, and so in a very technical sense, if we're going to use the word race, there's only one race, the human race. Um, but the different cultural impacts, the different languages, the different looks all come from a series of, of um, gen- genetic um, um, permutations all throughout history and the different cultural influences around the world after the scattering uh, and so when you think of minorities, remember too, when you think of the word minority, that, that definition for minority changes depending on where you're at. Um, so you can be a majority in one part of the world and a minority in the other and vice versa. So the word minority has to be held into context. I mean, even within communities in a majority population, if you went into a minority community, uh, you would be the minority, they would be the majority, right? So um, human race was dispersed by languages and location, and then those two things over time develop cultural norms and cultural directions and people 
distinctions. Um, but you want more information on that person that that lives uh, in that realm, go to answersingenesis.org, and I am sure um, that Ken Ham will take care of it. 303-690-3000. Aiden, you're back. Hey, uh, sorry about that. I got disconnected there. That's all right. I think I answered your question, but go ahead and answer it. Ask it again. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know you already answered it. But um, me and my friend were uh, <laughs> discussing about uh, the Sabbath. Yes. And um, how uh, he believes it needs to be on Saturday. And it's like God is same thing as like an anniversary. God said it on a certain day and can't really change it. Right. Um, He's right. Uh, at, and I, uh, yeah, and I was just thinking um, that we can we can celebrate it on uh, any other day. For example, if you're like working Saturday, sure, um, like you can you can celebrate the Sabbath on like Tuesday or something. Well, I bet you guys didn't get into the details, and perhaps your friend didn't either. But let's start with the Sabbath has never changed. It will always be sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. Uh, it will always be a sign that God gave to Israel as a sign of the Old Covenant. It will always be a sign of the Old Covenant, but because the Old Covenant no longer exists, the Sabbath command no longer is valid because the Old Covenant no longer exists. Uh, And by faith in Jesus Christ, we keep the Sabbath because the Bible says that Jesus Christ is our eternal rest. He is our rest. And so when did Sabbath... When did um, Sabbath become the day that you worship on? You know, and I think it's been uh, because the Bible indicates that we worship God every day of the week. We gather together to worship every single day of the week, uh, and that um, using Saturday as the only day to worship God actually isn't biblical at all, um, because the word Sabbath means to rest from your labor. Um, it, it means to cease from work. It it is intended to be a day of rest, and so the principle of rest still exists. Um, The principle of of rest exists, but we we don't worship on the Sabbath in the Old Covenant because we live in the New Covenant by the blood of Jesus Christ. Very well said. Um, you put it into words, probably I can could, I could never put it into. Well, if you email me, I'll send you my notes. I, I did a whole Bible study on this, and I'll send you my notes. And you can look not only at the answer, but you can also look at the scriptures behind it. Like I went through very thoroughly, because this is such a common question and a, and a big argument. Uh, and if a person decides to worship on Saturday, there is nothing wrong with worshiping on Saturday. Neither is there anything wrong to worship on Sunday. But if you want to follow the pattern of the early church— the early church started to gather in a large group on the first day of the week. And just like the Sabbath has never changed, it's Friday night to Saturday night, neither has Sunday changed. Uh, And so the first day of the week in the morning, Sunday morning, and the church was worshiping like that in the book of Acts, and we still do today. But we also worship on Wednesdays. We also gather on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays. It doesn't, the day doesn't matter. And that you're also right. The day doesn't matter on how we worship God. We should be worshiping God every day. Uh, very well said. Um, I do have like a second part to that question, though. Um, okay. If we're in the new covenant, is, is it still very, um, is it well to do 
if we still follow the rules of the old covenant, for example, like, you know, don't murder and don't lie and steal. Well, you know, that's still something we base our faith around. They are, you know, and the reason why is that a couple of things. Number one, nine of the Ten Commandments were moral in nature. They represent the character of God. And so the character of God doesn't change. Uh, Mm -hmm. The character of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Not only that, but in the New Testament, nine of the nine of the Ten Commandments are actually mentioned and repeated in the New Covenant. Uh, Like, for example, the first commandment, not to worship the Lord your God only, is repeated fifty times in the New Testament. Idolatry twelve times. Profanity four times, honoring your parents six times, murder six times, adultery 12 times, stealing four times, not being a false witness four times, covetous nine times, keeping the Sabbath as the old covenant zero times. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Um, I think that answered my question and his question. Good. I hope so. He's not with me at the moment. So. Well, email um, me. I'll send you my notes. I, I just read those numbers. I didn't memorize those. I read them right okay. off my notes. Okay. Yeah, I'll email you. All right. Um, sounds good. EdTaylor.org, uh, correct? Ed at EdTaylor.org. Yes, sir. Okay. All right, um, man. Again, I, I love you guys' show. Thank you so much. Um, you have a great day. Thanks for calling back. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. 303 I'm glad he did call back because this question was a little bit deeper than what I answered earlier. So appreciate you calling back. All right, let's see where we're at here. Uh, we are back to Philadelphia. Philadelphia is Roman. Welcome to the program. Hello. Hi, Roman. You're on the air. Okay. Um, first, I just want to thank you. Um, I always listen to this radio channel in Philadelphia, and I'm so grateful to God that you know this is a radio channel because yes, there's so many, you know, basically worldly radio channels, you know, with filth on, but then there's this that, you know, teaches the Bible, God's Word, and it's not only you, Pastor Ed, but I really am grateful for you, but mm, also I'm you. pretty sure the other guy's name is Nick, Nick Katie. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know the other guy's Jeff. name, but they, so they've all blessed me, you know, tremendously, but... good. So the question I have for today is, uh, so I understand in the New Testament, you know, the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, lives in us, dwells in us, and, and then basically we, we just follow the Spirit, and, we, and it leads us, you know, and obviously we, we go to God's Word to make sure that we're, we're walking in the Holy Spirit. But my question is, in the Old Testament, yes. what was the relationship between the Holy Spirit and, you know, the, the people of God? Yeah, you know, there's some some distinct uh, similarities of the work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament as to what you and I experience. For example, uh, the Holy Spirit's responsible for salvation, right? Part of the saving power of God is through His Holy Spirit. So I think the the salvation, although it came through the, the Old Covenant, came through the work of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, I think faith, the Old Testament saints experience faith— through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, I also believe that the Holy Spirit dwelt with the saints in the Old Testament, similar, similarly to how he indwells us, but the difference in the New Covenant is he indwells us permanently, whereas you find in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come to a person and then remove, and come to a person and remove. I think another thing that the Holy Spirit did in the Old Testament is hold back sin. The Holy Spirit is a restrainer. We learn that in the New Covenant. 
So his character and nature is restraining sin, and I believe he did that as well. Um, There definitely um, was a restraining of sin in the Old Testament surrounding the life of Noah until there wasn't, uh, until it was too much, until the man's, all his ways were just corrupt. Um, But I think the Spirit of God had a very similar relationship with Old Testament saints, except that he didn't permanently indwell them like we have today. He didn't empower them with the baptism of the Holy Spirit because he wasn't representing the presence of Jesus Christ as Jesus ascended yet, like in the New Covenant. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that sounds that sounds really interesting. And I just have an, another question. So uh, it's, it's playing off of that. So okay. does that mean in the Old Testament it was really... Obviously, you know, everyone failed and everyone, you know, sinned. So they were doomed either way, unless they had faith in God, that God, you know, would make a sacrifice or make a way. But my question is, so in the New Old Testament, was it just follow the law as best as you could faithfully? Or... You know, it was in very, in very many ways. But at the end of the year, you would then be trusting in the system. And by trusting in the system, you would be trusting in the God of the system. But the okay. system represented... God's methodology and pathway of salvation. And remember, on the Day of Atonement, you had the high priest going in with the blood of the Lamb to spread it on the mercy seat, and that that spreading of the blood on the mercy seat would then be a covering for sin until the next time. Um, and remember, it's the there is no remission of sin without the shedding of blood, and that mercy seat actually becomes a type and a picture of Jesus Christ, so that ultimately people in the Old Testament were saved the same way you and I are saved, by faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. So it wasn't their works that saved them, but it was their response to and their trust in God and his system that manifested good works. Now, of course, I'm sure even like Christians today, they might have got it backwards. They might have thought they were working for salvation and that they needed to do things in order to be right with God, because there were things to do, except that the methodology of salvation was the same in the Old Covenant as it was in the in the New Covenant, and that was by faith. Yeah, that, that, actually, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense, and that opens up a lot of things for me. Thank you. Yeah. But I, if I may, if I may, I just have one more question, if, if it's possible. Go ahead. Okay, so uh, it's uh, it's about that. So that kind of reminds me of a verse in uh, Ezekiel. And it, I, I don't know the quote the verse exactly, but I think you'll know the one I'm talking about. Okay. It's about the dry bones rattling. Sure. And he says he'll put he'll put his spirit in them. Yes. And so that, you think that that um, that verse or that you know prophecy? I'm pretty sure it's prophecy. It's talking about the Holy Spirit, you know, dwelling in the us like continually forever. No, I don't think so. I think in Ezekiel, what Ezekiel is referring to is the revitalization of the nation of Israel and bringing life back to them. You know, he says in verse 4, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord, and surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live, and I'll put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you. Like he was speaking of the revitalization and the re, the, the re, um, you know, the, the life-giving um, resurrection of Israel here. I don't believe it is a prophecy of the Holy Spirit coming into believers, no. Okay. And 
Okay, okay, got you. Okay, that, that pretty much answers all my questions. Okay, great questions. Thanks for calling. Thank you so much. All right, bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Lana in Colorado, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you. Um, I had a question about this verse, Romans eight twenty nine and 30. Okay. Um, about when it says predestination. Yes. What is it, what is it talking about? Yeah, predestination is God's ability uh, to choose ahead of time, to determine beforehand. Uh, and so when you are reading, according to Romans chapter 8 and uh, 29 and 30, which let me read it, let me pull it up here. It says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, he also called, and whom he called, he also justified, and who he justified, he also glorified. And so what Paul is doing here, especially in light of Romans 28, 28, is the same sovereign God that can work all things together for the good, and he does, is the same sovereign God that calls people into relationship with himself by his own free will. And we learn that God is able to choose according to his foreknowledge, right? He has a knowledge that's much greater than you and I. Uh, and, and so when we look back, we can't, we can't determine who God predestined going forward, but we can look back. For example, I'll, I'll, I'm going to tell you whether you were predestined or not. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Are you born again? Yes. Then you were predestined. Did okay. you come to, were you born again against your will? Did somebody make you come into faith in Jesus Christ? No. No. So God chose you and you also chose God. Okay. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's just so amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and this is one of those topics that I, is so important that I taught a whole Bible study about predestination. If you want to email me, I'll send you my notes and you can read through them. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, it's a hard, it's a heady topic, you know, and, and I mean, a simple little answer like this doesn't answer the, the big timeless truths, but predestination means that God in advance, independent of you and me, but still knowing you, chose you. And he's predetermined the destiny of every person who will believe in him, according to Ephesians chapter 1 and First Peter chapter 1. And, and he has called you and at the same time given you the freedom to respond to that call. And you go, well, wait a minute, Ed, does that mean I don't have a choice? No, of course you have a choice. There's, there's, on the one hand, there's God's sovereignty, and on the other hand, there's man's free will. And how they work together has been a debate of all believers since the beginning of time. But just like Romans says, God does predetermine. He does predestine. And here you and I are living out God's predestining power through our lives. It's pretty amazing. Okay. Well, thank you for that. I wasn't sure what that meant. I wasn't sure. I've heard some people, you know, say, like, there's only a certain number of people that are actually saved or something. It just was really confusing. I'm trying to study this. Okay. Well, let's, let's use that little phrase. There is a set amount of people that are saved. That's true. Yeah. That's a very small amount of part. And then we might say, well, well, who's predestined? Well, we don't know. I have no idea who God is predestined. And I only know a little bit on how he's done it. It says that he predestined according to his foreknowledge. But even then, doesn't fully answer my ability to understand it. So because I don't know who's predestined, and because I don't know 
uh, who will receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my into their life, I can preach the gospel to everyone, planting, watering, trusting that God will bring the increase. Okay. So email me, I'll send you my notes and you know, you can sit down and really think through the words and things that I used to help explain this doctrine. Okay. I will. Okay. Do you have my email address? Yeah, I wrote it down. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000 lines are wide open. No flashing red lights. So give me a call. 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand. Let's go to the text line. Where are we on the text line? Secret things belong to the Lord. Yes, they do, and He reveals them to men. Yes, He does. I was on uh, the trip to Israel last week with Pastor Jeff. Uh, oh, you were with. Je- I was thinking. You know, when I first read your text, I thought I was thinking Jeff um, Figs, but it's actually you were with Jeff Kramer pastor at Calvary Westminster. It was an incredible time. What are your thoughts on the Church of the Holy Sepulchre? Do you believe this to be the area or that where Jesus was buried and resurrected? Okay, of course we don't know for sure, right? Uh, let's just start there. And there's actually compelling answers that would substantiate either site as being uh, a valid area for the debt, the crucifixion, and a resurrection, uh, the, excuse me, the crucifixion and, yeah, resurrection, the burial and resurrection. The Church of the Holy Sepulchre, or the Church of the Resurrection, uh, is a shrine. According to Eusebius, the, the historian, the Roman Emperor Hadrian had a temple dedicated to Venus built on the site of Jesus' tomb in order to obscure the site of Jesus' burial. And after his conversion, Emperor Constantine began building churches and shrines throughout his empire, and he replaced the Temple to Venus with a church commemorating the site. The Church of the Holy Sepulchre became a destination that many people still visit to this day. And um, you know, I think you have Greek Orthodox there, Russian Orthodox, and Roman Catholicism all have claim to that location. But, but I believe, and I'm sure you guys visited Gordon's tomb or Gordon's Calvary, the one right under or right next to the bus stop, right under the um, hillside with the uh, sepulcher kind of, you know, the caves that kind of look like a skull. Uh, and I believe there's compelling evidence for that being the location, not necessarily that particular place, but per- perhaps. Um, however, it's good that we don't know the exact place because it would become a tremendous place of veneration and worship, and our eyes would get off of Jesus and on his location of his burial and resurrection, uh, and he just didn't tell us. He didn't reserve it for us. Um, and so I don't, um, I haven't studied this in a long time, uh, like in depth, uh, but I remember studying it, and I remember leaning uh, heavier toward Gordon's Calvary. 303-690-3000 is the number, 303 303- 690. We're going to head out to Fort Morgan, Colorado. Marcus, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. How's it going? Going well. Good. Hey, uh, my question is, um, so when Jesus heals the two blind men and uh, the man with leprosy and then Jairus' daughter, bringing her back, 
after he healed them, why does he say, tell no one? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, one of the reasons why he limited the the testimony of these miraculous events was because Jesus was on a very prescribed timetable. Like, he was fulfilling prophecy, and by encouraging them not to tell anyone, for the time being, of course, I mean, they're, they're, he's, he's encouraging them to not make things harder for him by the word getting out. Like, he, he's wanting to retain and give instruction to retain uh, a bit of an, an, anonymity, a, uh, a bit of, of uh, isolation and time with his apostles, because when people find out, they're going to start bringing the sick to him. Bombard and, him, yeah. Yes. And so Makes sense. really that that is the um, significance of that. But, you know, at other times he told people to go. He, he told that one brother, you know, go to the priests and tell him you were healed from leprosy um, and to and have them give you the price for the benefit and blessing of being healed from leprosy. So it really depended on the person. It depended on where it was uh, and really the eternal purposes of God. Does that help? Yeah. Okay, no, that, that makes sorry. sense. I didn't know if it was like some kind of like command, like, I don't know. But that, I mean, that makes sense. Um, well, you like know, he the, didn't need to get bombarded or whatever. You know, he was on a like on a mission. Yeah, you know what's interesting is um, what's interesting is that God would uh, use different responses depending on where he was at and what what he was wanting to accomplish. And mm-hmm. certainly, when it comes to uh, when it comes to his timing, you know, he had to get to Jerusalem. That, that's the timing of the of the crucifixion was a specific time frame. And I don't think, again, from a human perspective, I certainly don't think that anything would have stopped him. Um, but it would have changed his plans. It would have changed in the human realm because he was fully human. So it definitely would have changed, you know, the direction of his life and what was what was being accomplished. Uh, in the time being. But, you know, I don't think they listened. I think they continued. They went home, made a big deal about it, as anybody, any one of us would, uh, and mm-hmm. and got, and Jesus just dealt with it. Makes sense. That's pretty much my answer. Cool. All right. Thank you. Bless you. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303 3,000, and where are we? Let me scroll down on my... I see the lines flashing, but Frank is still uh, taking the call, so I'll wait. We have service tonight, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That means you can tune in wherever you're listening online. You can watch us live on the app, or you can watch us on calvaryco.church. You can watch us on Apple TV. You can watch us on Roku. You know, surprising, I was looking at the stats recently, and more people watch us on Roku channel than they do on Apple TV channel. And I thought that was interesting. Uh, And more people access our app on Apple devices than on Android devices. Now, that doesn't surprise me. Um, But let me just see what the numbers are. Uh, You know, we got a lot of people every week tuning in. 
and so you're looking at um, just in the media plays, um, you know, have over a half a million media plays on our app, and it's 260,000 of them are iOS, and Android is 178,000. And then watching anything on, on Roku is 18,000, and then Apple TV is only 2,500. It's like, wow. But a lot of people access through the app. Um, a lot of people access through the app. 303-690-3000 is the number taking your calls and your questions. You know, I just think in uh, in light of the calls that we've had today that many of you might be very tired and you're just weary. You know, the Bible says, don't grow weary in well-doing for in due season you will reap if you don't lose heart. And we wouldn't be instructed not to w- grow weary unless it would be a part of our human experience. So I just want to speak to those of you that are weary today, those of you that are struggling, those of you that are wrestling, um, that the Lord is with you, that he's able to give you the strength that you need, or as my pastor would always teach us, strength for today and hope for tomorrow. And it's so important that we cling to the Lord um, so that we do live in hope, we do live in strength, and that we have that, that trifecta, love, Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. God bless you guys. See you tonight at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I got a special study in Genesis 5. Very cool chapter. Genealogy. But it's a very cool chapter. Trust me. See you tonight. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.